My childhood was as close to perfect as you can possibly get. But when I was 12, my life changed forever. I, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was completely drenched in sweat and absolutely terrified. I had no idea what was going on. My heart was racing. I couldn't breathe, and the walls felt like they were closing in around me. That was the night I experienced my first panic attack. As I got older, I started dealing with crippling bouts of depression and severe anxiety. I turned to drugs and alcohol to try and cope with everything. I completely hated myself. I, I felt like I was flawed, I was worthless, and I was broken beyond repair. See, in my mind, I thought I had failed God. By this point in my life, I was really, really good at hiding both my symptoms and my addictions. I, I really hoped that marriage would solve all of my problems, but uh, things continued to spiral out of control and I wasn't able to hide it anymore. It's hard to describe what it feels like when the most important person in your world says that because of you, they're, they're gonna have to walk away. It was by far the worst moment of my life and if I was being completely honest, I would have preferred death than the words that came out of my wife's mouth. I finally accepted that I needed help. In my mind, that meant that I was admitting that something was probably really wrong with me. Words like therapy and treatment and psychosis started coming out, and it's a really scary thing to go through. Pretty quickly, my psychiatrist was able to diagnose me with bipolar 2 disorder and generalized anxiety disorder. It's not something that you take a pill and you're better. It's something that you will struggle with for the rest of your life. And that was hard to hear. I still struggle with my disease every day. I still fight it every single day. So how, how can I claim to have peace in the midst of something like a panic attack? And how can I claim to have peace when I'm fighting depression? It's because I'm not fighting the battle alone. Jesus has given me peace in the midst of my own chaos. And I have peace because I've seen firsthand what God can do with the most broken of people because I am that broken person. And I'm standing here as living proof that there is no one so broken and no one so flawed and no one so sick that Jesus cannot and will not heal them and use them to further his kingdom. He is where my peace comes from. He is my peace. A lot of people in our world going through hard times. In fact, everybody is going through something. You may not see it, you may not know about it, they may not talk about it a lot, but everybody is dealing with doubts and fears, 
hurts and pains and struggles because our world's filled with darkness. Our world's filled with despair and discouragement, things that drag us down, and that's why we all need encouragement every single day, not just to survive and barely hang on, but to thrive, to thrive in a world of darkness because we have the light of the world. Turn with me to Acts chapter 11, please. Now, we're continuing on in this book of Acts this year. And there's something in this passage that I, I want to highlight. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things in every passage. But in Acts chapter 11, um, there's one particular thing I want to hold on to. A golden nugget this week about encouragement. Acts 11, uh, we left off last week. We're picking up in verse uh, 19. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of the men of Cyprus and Cyrene who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists, uh, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. Praise God. Verse 22. The reports of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. You'll remember that name today. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. And he exhorted them all. He encouraged them all, many of your versions say, to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. Boy, we need people like that. Verse 24. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he had found him, he brought him to Antioch for a whole year. They met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. If you ever wonder where that came from. That's where. Verse 27. Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them was named Agabus. He stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. This is uh, true history. Josephus recorded a famine here then. Outside the Bible. Josephus 29. So the disciples determined. Everyone according to his ability. To send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so. Sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas. Barnabas. Ah. Ah. He's a breath of fresh air. To these people. He is uh, an encouragement. His name literally means son of encouragement. Barnabas literally means son of encouragement. And that's what he was to so many. A Barnabastian of encouragement, if you will. Nobody. Okay. I worked on that all week for nothing. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, how can I make this name a pun? No, it didn't quite... All right, but many things in Jerusalem, they're hinging on Barnabas, they're hinging on his work, his encouragement, his efforts, and we see that this Antioch, we're going to see in a lot of the rest of Acts, how it's like the staging ground that they're going to, the ends of the earth now, from Antioch, and I'll give you a few little tidbits about Antioch in your uh, church email this week, some things about it, um, we don't need to talk about Antioch, I want to talk about and focus on encouragement. And why we need it. But before we do, does anybody remember this song? You can sing with me if you want. Please sing with me because my voice is, you know, that's why I talk for a living. Um, 
Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard an discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. You have to have like a country sort of accent. <laughs> Home on the range. Yeah. Where seldom is heard a discouraging word. Can you imagine a world where you hardly never, ever, ever, ever hear discouraging words? How different would our world be? How different would our culture be? I'm telling you right now, it would be vastly different if we, instead of words that take away people's life, that suck the life out of people, discouraging words, mean words, unkind words, words filled with hate and spite and bitterness and just rudeness, if instead we spoke words of life. I think Toby Mac had a song about that. Speak life, right? Something about speaking life. I'll send that out on an email too if you haven't heard that. To speak life into the words of, uh, the lives of other people. We desperately need that. Because, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Because discouragement chokes the life out of our faith. Just think of that when you ever hear the word discouragement. Just choking, you can barely breathe. Barely breathe. Maybe you've thought things like, in your mind, I'm a failure. I can't do anything right. I'm useless. I'm unimportant. I'm forgotten. Nobody loves me. God's mad at me. Why does this keep happening? There's no way out of this. I just wish my life were over. We can think those things in our mind. Words of discouragement and despair. In our own thinking, we can be a big cause of discouragement in our lives. A big uh, catalyst of dark thinking. Of course, the words of other people, not just ourselves, the things that people speak to us, they can be a big discouragement to us. World events happening can really get us down too. How about our own limitations and our own personal failures? Uh, family circumstances, difficulties, fatigue, stress, setbacks in our lives, the believing of lies. How about lack of direction or lack of purpose or maybe chronic issues? Hey, hey Jim? I'll speak first very frankly. I know about discouragement. Mm -hmm. um, I know about a lot of those things. Why? Why? Well, that fellow was diagnosed bipolar too. That's mild. The what? That's the mild form. Okay. I'm bipolar one. Mm-hmm. Yes. On more than one occasion, I tried to end it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was a disease. It took a lot of years. I'm still on medication. And I'm no longer in therapy. Because I've learned how to deal with it and how to know when things are happening. And when it gets too rough, 
there is where I turn. Life in the Scriptures. Some of the most encouraging words are in that book. Absolutely. Even those who went through, and I want to say the word, hell Mm -hmm. on earth Mm -hmm. always had encouragement and always had encouraging things to say. Mm. Peter, Paul, especially Paul. Well, sure. He'd been through it all, didn't he? Yeah. He went from the worst (laughs) to the best, Mm -hmm. then down the tubes, and then exiled. Mm -hmm. And he never gave up. People tried to kill him. Oh, yeah. Bitten by poisonous snakes, shipwrecked, (laughs) all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you could write a whole book about just him. I think they have. I think he did. I think he did. (laughs) Well, thank you for, yeah. I, 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 I thank God for the person that helped me the most. Well, yes. Oh, and your wife. And my wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because she wouldn't have basically tied me to a chair. I would have... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. Because that very same night, I was admitted to depth mm-hmm. of behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's when we found out my diagnosis. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your personal experience. And it's been an uphill climb, but now... Now. Well, I still have my ups and downs. Mm-hmm. That's the disease. Maybe we could say, if you've are going through a tough time, if you have dark thoughts and difficulties in your life, depression or despair, we can feel, you can feel like you're alone. But know that you're not alone. There are other people who've been through that too. You can talk with Jim for some encouragement. There's other people, professional people too. Um, all kinds of causes in our life. Chemistry in the brain or uh, health problems or just people being awful to you. The world's filled with darkness. But there is light. And there is hope. And um, even when you feel like you want to end it. And some people feel that way sometimes. That's not the answer. Jesus is the answer. And He is with us in our difficulties in our trials, in the darkness. And hopefully, I pray that people who are experiencing those, that darkness find their way out and find people to talk to, people to help them, encouragement from the Scriptures. Um, it can feel overwhelming. Discouragement, despair, it zaps our strength. It zaps our positivity. It takes away our courage. That's why we are discouraged. Because it takes away that courage in our lives. It takes away our joy. And um, we can just feel crushed by the weight of this world. By the things that are happening all around us. We can feel low-spirited. But no matter what you're going through, no matter how discouraging this life gets, 
I just want you to know that you're not alone. That there's people in your life who care about you. If you don't have family or friends who are there for you, you have a church family who is here. We may not know the struggles that you're going through, but we do care. And you can talk to different people here and get some help and support and encouragement because we all desperately need it. There's, there's a lot of uh, scriptures I put in your notes. We're not going to go through them all today. You can read those this week for, uh, to see examples of people throughout the scriptures. Real people, real life who face discouragement. But I just want to read uh, one to you. This is Jesus. Did you know that Jesus was discouraged too? He was perfect. He, was never, he never sinned. But he felt discouragement. Discouragement isn't sin. It's like Jim said, it's kind of our response. How are we going to respond to it? What are we going to do about it? Because we can't choose what people do. We can't choose always what happens to us in life. But we can choose our response and our our attitude, we can seek to have, seek optimism, seek other people for support and strength, seek God and Jesus in our downtimes. And here's what Jesus said in Mark 14. My soul is crushed with grief. Maybe you felt that way yourself too. He says to the point of death. My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Uh, stay here and keep watch with me, he told the disciples. He went a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour of awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering from me, yet I want not my will but yours to be done. Jesus didn't want certain things to happen in his life either. He didn't want to go to the cross. He didn't want to take on the wrath of God for the sins of mankind. He was discouraged. His soul was grieved to the point of death crushed and yet he sweat drops of blood that's a medical condition that's right and yet even in that grief he in the midst of that grief he sought his heavenly father have you ever felt that way before what could we possibly do I want to read what David said well he did David in the Old Testament he said why my soul are you downcast Basically, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? If you've been there, listen to what he says next. I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged and my soul is downcast within me. But, and this is but the kicker, but he says, I will remember you. Even from distant Mount Hermon, the, the source of the Jordan from the land of Mount Mizar. Even though my soul is so downcast, I am so discouraged, I am so in despair. And he says, but, but you God, that is not the end of my story. Even in the midst of my despair, even in the midst of my discouragement, even in the midst of my depression, you are still God. You have still made a way for us to be saved through your son Jesus for a day coming when there will no longer be depression or despair or discouragement or hospitals or funeral homes or suffering or sickness or death. And we can cling on to those promises like David said. Promises that give us life when the world just wants to choke the life out of us and the faith out of us.
I think David and, and Jesus, they didn't tolerate their discouragement for very long. They didn't wallow in it. They didn't throw pity parties. Um, and I know there are medical conditions where we need extra help, and I'm, I'm not discounting that. But uh, to fight against it, they clung to God. They clung to God in the midst of their despair and His promises. It's kind of like, you know, what I want to do today is, when you think about discouragement, think about choking. Think about choking the life out of your faith. Now when you're choking, let's say you have something actually in your throat, like you're literally choking, what you don't do is you don't just go about your normal activities. You don't just plop down in front of the TV with a a tray of food and uh, watch a show to medicate your melancholy, right? We, what you want to do is you want to dislodge the obstruction from your mouth, don't you? You've got to fight for your life when you're choking. I mean, you're literally fighting for your life. This is what uh, discouragement does. It chokes the life out of us. It chokes our faith. We may also need to get someone to help us, to encourage us in those difficult times. You could say someone to give us the Heimlich maneuver. Jim, oh, oh, oh. Oh, scary. I almost passed out there. Don't don't make your face red. It does kind of hurt a bit. Mira, thank you for saving me. I was choking on a Lego piece. Those Lego pieces get everywhere. <laughs> I did see stars for a minute. Ah, trying to make my face red. I want you to remember that when you're choking, when depression is literally choking the life out of you, to remove the obstruction. When you're depressed and discouraged, and it's choking the life out of your faith. What in your life is bringing it down? What do you need to seek to get rid of? <coughs> to, to remove that from your throat. To dislodge it. Because everybody's dying. That's what's bothering Everybody's dying. Dying sick. I was talking with Joyce and Tink last week. And she was telling me how all her friends are gone. Not a lot of people left when you live into your 90s. So the obstruction is death. That's a lot of it lately, isn't it? Been doing a lot of hospital visits and nursing home visits and funerals for Troy View. Maybe we'll say that we can hope in God's promises, even in our despair. Remove that obstruction of death by Jesus' saving power. And hope in that. Trust in that. Even when it really, really, really gets us down. Because even when life seems out of control, know that God is still sovereign. God still loves us. He is still in control of everything. Sin is... He is letting sin run rampant now in the world. And He's being very patient letting more people come to saving power in Jesus. But that won't be all there is forever. And uh, we 
We just need to trust in that. I don't want discouragement to define you and I. God's love defines us. And you may be going through it right now. You may live there for a very long time. But that's not all there is in this life. And so I want to talk about encouragement a little bit because we need some. I don't know what's getting you down, but we can find joy and refreshment again. Because encouragement is like oxygen to the soul. You can write this down last time. Encouragement is like oxygen to the soul. That's what we need, Nancy, isn't it? I feel like we're choking. feel like we have a lack of oxygen. And what do we need? We need some life. We feel like... Don't you feel like sometimes that just the darkness is closing in and you can't breathe? Sometimes literally you have a panic attack like the guy in the video. You can't breathe. Discouragement is choking us. And we just really, really, really need some life. Need some oxygen into our soul. Our soul needs oxygen to thrive. Encouragement is like that oxygen. For our church, for us individually, we desperately need it. It, it. Encouragement keeps our hearts beating. Encouragement uh, keeps our minds clear. And our hands inspired to serve. It's like a breath of fresh air. When discouragement comes. And tries to choke out our faith. Encouragement is like oxygen. To our soul. And it's not a suggestion either. <laughs> From God, He doesn't say, hey, you guys, if you got some extra time or, or maybe uh, if you're not too busy, maybe you could encourage one another. Maybe just a little bit. No. <laughs> Here's what God says. 1 Thessalonians 4. So encourage each other with these words. And then chapter 5. Encourage the disheartened. How many of us are disheartened? How many of us need encouragement? I think everybody, right? Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. But encourage one another daily as long as it is, is it, excuse me. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. How many days is it called today? Every day. <laughs> encourage each other daily. He says, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The actions of giving someone life, of giving someone love, of speaking life into somebody, man, that brings confidence, that brings comfort, that brings joy, that brings peace, that brings hope. It's literally, the word encouragement is literally putting courage in somebody. Discouragement, you're taking the courage away. Encouragement, you're filling them with courage. It's like oxygen for somebody who's struggling to breathe. The Greek word for encouragement is periklesis. It's very, very similar to Pericleo, which is the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. So when you encourage somebody, that Greek word, it's very, very similar to the Comforter, God's Holy Spirit. Just if you were wondering, that's a, a big, that's a really interesting thing to know. And encouragement is critical life support. Sometimes we get so discouraged, we're like on life support. And we need some life, some breath some oxygen into our soul, some encouragement. Barnabas knew this well. Barnabas knew this well. We're going to talk about Barney. Uh, <laughs> the scriptures describe Barney as the one who consoles or encourages. He was a righteous man filled with the Holy Spirit. He obeyed the word of God. Uh, 
he lived out the word of God in his daily life. He played a critical role in the early life of the church by demonstrating strong faith. He was serving wholeheartedly. He was ministering joyfulness, uh, ministering joyfully uh, with kindness to people, encouraging them. He was sticking up for other believers like Paul and teaching new believers all about God and his Messiah. That is a few things that Barnabas was about. And those are a few things that we can really, really, really learn from his example. All of us need to be a Barnabas. Life-giving in other people's lives. Come alongside them like the Holy Spirit. Comforting them. Giving them strength and hope and peace and love. Enjoy speaking words of life. Helping them grow. Extending the grace of God to them with our example with our words, with our presence. Because a lot of people, um, they're on low oxygen spiritually. Because this life is hard, isn't it? There's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of despair. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of discouragement. A lot of people are low on oxygen and we need to be that oxygen tank that goes around filling other people with life. Be life-giving. Just as we need people to do for us. So here's what I want to do this morning. Last, one of the last things I want to do is pass a couple things around. Here we have sticky notes uh, with different phrases on them. You can take one, take two. I think we have enough for maybe two each. Jim, would you take some, pass it around? We're going to pass these out. And what you can do is, um, these are cool. It says like, you've got this, or you're a peach, or I believe in you. And you, there's a little blank spot here. Take a few, pass it down. Um, take those, leave them in places that your family, your friends, maybe your co-workers, your church family, people in your life could really use some oxygen to their soul to encourage them. You write, I love you. I'm praying for you today. You know, be specific. Like, I know you've got that test today or, or this thing at your work. Or I know you're dealing with this sickness and I'm, I love, I'm praying for you. Write a Bible verse. Those are some of the most life-giving words. Scriptures, lots of scriptures in your notes today. And leave that where they can see it. On the mirror, on their dashboard, on a pillow, refrigerator. Use your imagination. And then these, you can take some of these too. Two, three, four, five a piece. At least we got plenty. These are all different sayings. <laughs> you can leave some in your kids' lunch boxes, or for your your family, your friends, whatever. Uh, they're kind of similar to the sticky notes, but there are a lot of puns. Things. Okay, we've got donut. Ever doubt yourself? You're one in a melon. You're my little cutie cucumber. You might want that one, Eli or, or Jessica. You're my little cutie cucumber. You are reaching new heights with a giraffe. Nancy, you are perfect in every way. That one's for you. Okay. So you take these. Hey, maybe you need a few for yourself. Maybe you need to encourage. Take a few. Take a few. Pass them around. Pass them all the way down. And those are maybe really cute for kids. Maybe Killian would like those or Jeffrey. Or maybe they're for adults too because we can all use a little cutesy kind of encouragement and uh, maybe perk somebody up. Give them a little bit of laughter. You know, what do they say? Laughter is the medicine for our souls. 
right? It really helps to just have a little smile, to say a cute, dumb little joke and, <laughs> and put a smile on your face. I say dumb jokes all the time and Rachel's used to them by now and they don't, she doesn't smile like she used to for my dumb jokes. But she's trying, she's trying. We all need some encouragement. So there's that and there's that. Pass those around, take some. We're going to put the extras uh, back there. Take the rest on your way out. And also we have on the table by the welcomes, uh, by the front doors, there are note cards, uh, like uh, cards that you open. There are envelopes, there are stamps, and there is a directory. Okay, And we've done this before a little bit, but take you some cards. Put some stamps on your envelopes. Take a directory and write a letter. Write a card. It could be a Bible verse. I'm praying for you. I love you. Um, and maybe we'll just shout out, what are some of the things we can say to people? What are some of the things that you appreciate said to you that give you life and oxygen to your soul? Shout it out. I am thinking of you. I'm thinking of you. What else? Yeah. Praying for you. Praying for you. And don't just tell people you're praying for them, actually pray for them. We want to do that too. What else? What other words give you life, give other people life? Shout it out. I love you. I love you. You are enough. You are enough. You are amazing. Thank you. I mean, you're amazing too. Uh, thank you. No, those were, yeah. You're handsome, you're, you're brilliant, you're beautiful. I love you, I'm proud of you. Anybody else? You're worthy and special. You're worthy. You're special. Mm -hmm. You're going to get through this. I am here with you, alongside you. How can I help? Jesus loves you. Yeah. I like this one. You make a difference. You make a difference. Because we all are like this short. And when we're gone, I mean, the living move on. Just to feel there is a little bit of a yeah. legacy. You know, Nancy, I think we have a few short days in this life. How are we going to live it? Are we going to live it by gi giving words of discouragement? Being honorary, being mean, unforgiving, bitter words? I've told you before, but I knew a guy, he grew up, his parents called him Moron. And that's what he thought his name was. Moron. That's what he felt like. That's what he lived by. I'm just a moron. I'm just an idiot. His parents gave him that identity. What's your identity going to be? A lot of our identity is shaped by how other people treat us, by what they say to us. Now, we should have our identity in God. But when people cut us down, so much. It just really, really shapes our life. You can't do it. You're not, I don't want to say all these things because you've probably heard some of these things, but we want to be speaking lives in our few short days that we have left on this earth to love God well, to love and serve other people, to be that oxygen to their soul. Because Lord knows we all need a ton of encouragement. This life stinks sometimes. This life is, what do they say? Short and full of sorrows, full of troubles and trials and tribulations. Now we know that Jesus conquered the world, and so we can trust in Him. We can have hope even when uh, this life is hard. But we need other people 
I don't know about you, but I need other people in my life to breathe life and oxygen to me. My family, Rachel, my kids, my mom, they're so life-giving. I know everybody doesn't have that, and I know it's really, really, really hard when your family's not on your side. And maybe you don't have a lot of friends on your side either, or co-workers. And it feels really alone. But even when you feel alone, know that you're not alone. You have a church family that loves you. I want you to give those sticky notes away. I want you to pass out those cards. Go write you some cards and put them in the mail. You guys heard of the mail? Anybody like getting things not junk mail and not bills? It rarely happens nowadays. And it is such a life-giving oxygen to our soul when we see those things. To speak life into other people. And please use the scripture, some of the most encouraging words on the planet. So I don't know who God is nudging you to speak life into, to be a Barnabas to this week. But I think you know. And maybe if you don't know, pray and ask God to reveal some people to you. Look at that church directory and say, God, who can I breathe some oxygen to this week to give some life to? I'll be there for them with your words, with your example, with your presence. These words are great. The sticky notes, I think we're going to have some fun with. I hope you're going to take those home and, and do use those. But when you get together with people, that's, that's really, the, those cards should be the icing on the cake. It's not the full substance. And so we can set reminders on our phones. Okay, Google, remind me every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday to write this thing, encouragement. We can send text messages. We, we have so many calendars and Google calendars and Apple calendars and wall calendars. Card. Text, meat, coffee, whatever. We have so many ways to remind ourselves. And I know the world is so busy. We're all so busy doing good things. But sometimes good things get in the way of the best things, don't they? And I'm telling you, when you breathe life and help somebody get some oxygen to their soul, that is one of the best things that we can do in this world. Encourage one another. Build one another up. Do all those one another's. We desperately need each other in a dark, discouraging world, don't we? And so do what you got to do. Write it down. You have a phone. You have more computing power in your pocket than they sent computers to the moon. Okay? Like many, many, many times more. And we have no apps and reminder apps and emails and calendars. Send somebody a text. Every other day. Uh, meet with them for coffee, for lunch. The meeting of the people. When God's people meet together, look face to face, eyeball to eyeball, vocal expression and facial and body language, and you just put your phone in your pocket. Don't be looking at your phone when you're somebody. And breathe life into them. Give them some oxygen. Give them some encouragement. Ask yourself, see this is America. We're all about me, myself, and I, right? That's probably the sin condition. Not just, what do I need from this person? How can they help me? Although, we should look for people to encourage us. I mean, it's, we need oxygen too. 
But God, what do you want to do through me? How can you use me to speak life into this person? What do they need to hear? How can I love them? How can I come alongside them? How can I breathe some oxygen into their life? Not about me, myself, and I all the time, though we do need help ourselves. But let's look at the other person and say, go through the church directory. What do they need? How can I encourage them? How can I show them love? How can I comfort them? How can I come alongside them to speak life-giving, healing, oxygen, (laughs) soul-giving words of encouragement to them? How are you going to be a Barnabas this week? We're going to sing our last song. But we so desperately need this oxygen in a dark world, don't we? I want to close with these encouraging words from 1 Corinthians 4. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, although it does seem like they do. But they won't in the grand scheme of things. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So now we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Troy View, if God is for us, who can be against us? There is so much in this world. I don't know how you're feeling discouraged today. But will you surrender that discouragement, that hurt, that pain to our loving Heavenly Father? And focus on the better day that He's promised us. The better day coming. The hope of the world. Jesus returning to this earth, setting up God's kingdom. Focus on that. Dwell on that. We can dwell on a lot of things in our mind, can't we? A lot of discouraging, negative thoughts. Or, we can try to reorient ourselves on encouraging things, on the life that God has given us through Jesus right now, and in the age to come. So let's stand and sing praises to our great comforter and our great encourager, God and Jesus.
pray with me. Heavenly Father, your name is truly, truly worthy. Help us to mm, focus on you. No matter how dark this life gets, no matter how depressing and discouraging, help us to remember and never forget that you are still God. That you are still good. No matter how many funerals we go to or hospitals we visit or pain and suffering that we feel in our own life, we thank you that this life is not the end. That you have made a way through your son Jesus to give us hope and healing forever after the grave, the great resurrection to come in your kingdom on this earth forevermore in your presence with no more sickness or sorrow or pain or tears or death. Help us to cling to that hope and to speak that hope and your words of life to those around us this week. To be your people, doing what you called us to do. Give us strength and courage and power and wisdom. In your holy name, we thank you for Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. Thank you for the Heimlich. I, I blacked out there for a second. Did you it see me? really red. Yeah, like... that's good. But the problem is when you, when you do that and then bend over, and I got it out of my pocket, but I bent over, and that like messes up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean to stumble and fall. Yeah. Nurse Nikki.